is terrifying and wonderful to leave your comfort zone. I'm Brad Rose. Welcome to the latest episode of the Seltzer Salon. I am so, so excited that my guest on today's episode is Eve Murray. Uh, we talk mostly about her new album, New Noise, which just came out not too long ago. Um, and it's, it's really great. It's a real change, kind of change of pace maybe for her. It's, it's just something different and it really surprised me and it excited me. I, I think there's just something wonderful about hearing someone really push into a different space. That's not like totally out of the blue, you know, it is adjacent or whatever, but it's very, it's very different and, and not just do that, but like really throw themselves into it. And, um, we talked about this, but it's a really kind of vulnerable space to be in. And I, I just applaud her for really just going there and like going all in head first. Let's do it. And so huge recommendation of the album. All her stuff is really great and worth checking out. So, uh, again, new noise, great album, highly recommend checking it out. And, uh, yeah. And thanks to Eve for doing this. So my guest today is Eve Murray, whose new album, new album, new noise is well. Once this airs, will be out. So, Eve, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks, Brad. How are you? Uh, doing all right. Hoping there won't be a ton of fireworks tonight. So. Yes, I'm with you there. Fingers crossed for sure. I am over it. I mean, I was over it before it started, really. But yeah. Yes. You there. <laughs> I've been over it since I can remember. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so just, I guess to let jump in here, when, when did you start working on new noise and like, what were your sort of initial ideas with it or you know, what spurred it into life, I guess? Yeah. So I feel like in most cases when I'm making albums, um, I'm just kind of like piecing together different improvisations, um, that I have essentially forgotten about for some length of time. And so they, this album has a lot of, um, I don't know, different times captured into it. For instance, like the oldest track, um, which I guess you could say is how I started the album. I had recorded in 2019 when I was at Mills. Oh, wow. um, and it was just a piece that I had just kind of put in my back pocket. And um, so I had all these improvisations that I had been sort of gathering. And also after I released Earth and Space, I was feeling this particularly, um, I don't know, this energy of like, let me do something vastly different from Earth mm -hmm. and Space if I can. Let me just see if I can um, see what happens when I go into my laboratory and try to do, make short kind of like in quotes, pop songs. Right. Um, and to me, that challenge was really exciting. And I had a collection of improvisations from, 
I think it was like fall 2021, I had gotten these two Moog synthesizers, the DFAM and the Mother 32. And I was supposed to lead a workshop on them in Iowa City, but I had never used them before. So oh, wow. I, I was in my studio um, feverishly trying to understand and also recording everything um, that I was doing. And I went back and listened to some of these um, improvisations and found little pockets where I thought, you know, this could be developed into something further. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is from those Moog improvisations, a little bit from my time at Mills. Um, that recording, Anima Rising, um, was was recorded at Mills. Um, and um, I kind of, from there, once I had the synth improvisations, I was thinking about sort of like, this might sound silly, but being my own band, you know, like mm -hmm. just thinking about all of the different instruments that I could possibly play, um, kind of going in like a maximalist sort of direction with it. Like, okay, yeah. so I want to play drums and I want to play clarinet and I want to sing and I want to play guitar and bass. And, um, <laughs> I don't know what was going through my head, but, um, it was really exciting for me and to, it felt like I, it was an opportunity for me to integrate parts of myself that had kind of been left out in previous releases. Mm -hmm. um, not consciously, but just like, I felt like it was the time for me to kind of move in this new direction where it was like, oh yeah, you know, drumming is kind of part of my story and um, something that I do. So it, let's, let's make it known. Let's make it part of the recording process. Yeah, that was one of the things I... I think it's in the liner notes or the write-up, whatever you want to call it, that st stuck out to me, and especially when listening to it, as you talk about how, like, it's a, the vulnerability of this process and this music um, on this album. And I think that really comes through. And I think, I like, I've, I've always, I've been a fan of your work for a while, but this one kind of hit differently. I think, I mean, part of it is, it is different <laughs> like just yes. the, sonically, but I think that, um, that part of it, I don't know. It just, it, it, it did, it hit different. And I, I know just like from my own personal experience, like that is like, if I can get into those spaces, it, it also feels different from the creation standpoint. And it's also a little bit terrifying. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. And, it, so I'm wondering how you kind of, yeah, dealt with that and, push past those, you know, I'm sure there's moments where it's like, Oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I feel like there's just this crazy like cycle where it's like, I'm in the studio. I'm, I'm, my mind is basically blank and I'm just having a great time. Mm -hmm. And then I go through a process of forgetting that that happened, revisiting it, really thinking it's awesome. And then I'll be like, wait, this isn't awesome though. How could it, you right. know, it's, <laughs> It's a trip, definitely. Um, but I think, like, during COVID, I, I feel, you know, this it, it sounds kind of cheesy, but my music got a little bit more introspective. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now that things have changed um, and I've had all this time to reflect and kind of be in my cocoon, this album is me kind of like, it's like sharing what has mm -hmm. been going on <laughs> for me for the past couple of years. And different, um, self-reflections and, um, you know, really using my voice and using lyrics, which is for me, the hardest part always. Uh -huh. 
Um, and so, yeah, it, it does feel scary and vulnerable at times for sure. And it's funny because, I mean, this album took me, uh, three years to make. And, um, I, I was working on it for so long without sharing any of it with people Mm -hmm. that it was very hard for me to have an objective read on it or to know, like, I start to get tired of my own music. Like I I become, I get over it (laughs) because, um, you know, it's just an intense process, uh, Mm -hmm. spending lots and lots of time mixing and developing ideas. So, um, but thankfully I'm in a place now where I feel really grateful for this release and really excited. And, um, yeah, it feels really good that, um, it's finally going to be out in the world and it, it feels like the right timing to me. Yeah, that's yeah. It's such a like scary and exciting moment of a new album coming out. It's the best. It's kind of the best. Yes, but. totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, you talked a little bit about you, you know you were thinking of this like oh I'm going to be my own band and play this and this. How are you? How does that translate to doing this live? That's a great question. So <laughs> <laughs> this is the eternal question for me as a performer. Um, so there had been a time when I was thinking about having a band, but, um, and that could still possibly happen at some point in the future, but you know, people are busy. It's a lot to pay people. And I'm also, you know, a Virgo, a little bit of a perfectionist, so I don't mind doing things on my own. Sure. Um, and so really, um, for my live performance, I, I've been really trying to focus on that for the past couple of weeks. Um, and my main focus with that, it might sound silly, but um, has been on programming um, lights in Ableton with DMX. So um, I'll get to the music part too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have been working on like automating these lights in Ableton to basically sync up with my live set. and. Um, I'm really excited about it. It was a super tedious process and I, I was very concerned that it, I wouldn't be able to finish it in time, but I finally found my stride, um, with the process and, um, I'm definitely a beginner with it, but I'm feeling happy with where it's at. And in terms of the music, it's like, I'm going to be doing a combination of having some like some samples and some tracks that I'm improvising over, singing over. Um, I'll be playing clarinet and guitar and singing and synthesizer, of course, too. So um, because of the way that um, these particular lights work, it's not like I can just play anything and it will be audio reactive. It's like I have to program every single second. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm. it's kind of like, a continuous sort of locked in set where I've kind of hopefully built in some nice tasty pockets for improvisation and for things to be wild and a little bit different from the original recordings. Awesome. That uh, talking about the lights and stuff that actually kind of leads to another thing I wanted to talk about. And it's sort of your like interdisciplinary, multidisciplinary. I never know which one to use because mm-hmm. for myself too, I, I feel like they're a little interchangeable, but, um, so you kind of work in different mediums and you do different things, but it, it's all part of a larger creative practice. Um, and this also makes me think about the video for I draw a circle, which is 
we can talk about that in a minute but that video is freaking awesome thank you so um, much <laughs> thank you um, but like i i just always i like to hear about how people's different things sort of inform or like work off of each other or with each other because for me it's like it's all one thing and they never feel separate but i know there are other people where they like i have friends who they're very separate things and and that feels strange to me but i'm anyway i'm curious what it's what it's like for you and how those things kind of work together yeah i think i'm i'm more like you than your friends perhaps about <laughs> <laughs> just kind of everything sort of being thrown into the pot mm -hmm. um like nothing nothing it all affects my creative process like all of my interests like right now i'm going through a phase where i'm just pretty obsessed with cooking oh, and nice. um it just kind of came out of nowhere well <laughs> i <laughs> i i became obsessed with making sourdough bread and it just mm -hmm. kind of has um turned into this larger obsession and so I don't know. I just kind of, I get these intense hankerings for things. And, um, of course too, I've always been influenced by visual art. Mm -hmm. Um, before I really committed to music, I was thinking that I would be in the art world in some way. I had like worked at an art gallery and was making visual art, but, um, I don't know what happened exactly, but <laughs> <laughs> I was also making music all throughout, you know, my life. And I just kind of reached a point where, um, I realized that I don't really know how to label myself, um, very well. <laughs> like there's, 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 yes, there's some great Lori Anderson interview where she's just like, just say you're a multimedia artist because oh, it gives you the freedom good, yeah. to say, to do whatever you want to do basically. Yeah. Um, and so I love that. And I certainly believe in that. And, um, for me, you know, like my creative practice is all about like exploring things that, um, well, discovering new things basically. And so mm -hmm. I'm always just trying to keep it fresh and not limit myself, um, if possible and, um, hopefully come up with something new. Yeah. Uh, does, do you find when this is, I've had this conversation with a number of people and I, I, one of my favorite interviews that I did in the last few years is with Laraji, who's like the greatest, right? Yes. Um, and we were talking about process and when, like when I'm, a lot of times when I'm, I don't know, working on a piece of music, I'm, I have like this image or this picture or idea in my head that I'm trying to translate to sound in a way. And he, and he, was like, oh yeah, yeah. And he called it pulling music from the air, which is, wow, yeah. And so thinking about, you know, you're talking about your sort of the visual art background and, and then I'm thinking about this video, which I'm obviously the video came after the song, but it, the, the it really heightened the visual component of the song to me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel like some of those images or ideas are in the music and then you see the video and it's just, it's, you know, in neon, like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I, I I don't know where I I kind of lost track of what the question is here, oh, but you're I'm just totally wondering <laughs> if you can if if you if you know if you have any of that or if you're like how that works for you I guess. Yeah. Um. I feel like usually I don't particularly have an image in mind when I sit down to mm -hmm. to create. It's like I'm really trying to empty myself of mm. everything. Um, and to just like, 
I don't know. It feels like a very nonverbal, like emptying process for me. However, like, um, I love music videos and I find them really, I don't know. It's just such a great art form. And, Mm -hmm. um, with the, I draw a circle video, I had, I had read this book, um, last year. It took me, it took me probably nine months to read. Um, it's called women who run with the wolves. Mm -hmm. And that book was so inspiring for me in terms of imagery and poetry. And I Draw a Circle was based off of an old German folktale that was at the end of the book. It's called The Handless Maiden. And um, I told Helen, my collaborator, um, like the story that I wanted to interpret and sort of alter. And um, it was the first time that I actually had... (laughs) an idea prior to a music video you know usually it's like mm-hmm. let's just get together and we'll just make something right. happen. <laughs> <laughs> which is cool that definitely works um but in this case i was like you know the lyrics are saying a very um particular thing and mm-hmm. there's this message that i hope to convey visually so it was so satisfying to work with helen and we've known each other for years she's just so talented and she really understands me so working with her is just it's just easy breezy. And, um, I'm just so happy with what she did with the video. I mean, it's, it, I don't even, it's hard for me to find words for it. I'm just very impressed (laughs) with her. (laughs) Yeah. It's, oh, it's such a good video. Thank you. Yeah. As soon as you sent it over to me, I was, I think I watched it like five times. It was so cool. So thank you so much. Um, well, you mentioned, so you mentioned the book, um, women who run with the wolves and it's, you talk about it in the, the album description. I never know if that's like liner notes or albums. Anyway, I don't know. (laughs) They're interchangeable. Again, I think too hard about these things that really don't matter. (laughs) I I can so relate to that. (laughs) Um, but it's, it talks about how you were drawn to it calls it the the wild woman archetype mm-hmm. and how that kind of exploring that through your musical output. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious, like how that sort of influenced the creation of this record specifically, generally, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like the book inspired me to kind of, I don't know. It was like, I wanted to do something that felt like we were talking about earlier, like more vulnerable, a little more raw, and also Mm -hmm. that had this kind of like fierce edge to it. Mm -hmm. You know, I still wanted to be me and be my idealistic self and my bright synthy, which whatever ness. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wanted to integrate this new understanding um, that I had developed through reading. And like, for instance, I, I have been using um, a vocal transformer, this Roland VT3, since 2017 for like (laughs) all of my recordings, all of my live performances. It's been kind of like my security blanket. And I love it. (laughs) I mean, it sounds great. It makes my voice sound cool. You know, I'm a fan of vocoders in general. Yes. But with this album, I was like, you know what? There's got to be just some really unruly um (laughs) stuff going on so for instance like the track for sappho i remember i was like thinking that i was going to do some sort of like ooh, like kind of like weird james brown like yelp screams sort of energy it didn't sound like that at all by the time i finished (laughs) but um (laughs) i 
I wanted to just like take a leap and, and do something that I had never done before. And, Mm -hmm. um, reading these stories in women who run with the wolves, um, a lot of it is about telling these myths, these stories that help us connect, um, and, uh, develop our intuition and to really know our true selves. And it's like, wolves have a way of teaching their young how to navigate the world and their senses, including their intuition. But for us humans, it's like, there's so much conditioning that happens. There's, there's bad teaching that goes on. There's not teaching, you know, people are just now starting to talk about boundaries. I feel like in the past five years. So, (laughs) um, this book, it was like, it was like therapy. Um, it was incredible. I, I really highly recommend it for everyone. Um, it's relevant to all people, I feel like. Um, but it definitely um, influenced how things went lyrically with the album. And it also just made me feel like, you know what? I've These recordings that I've made in the past, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm proud of them. But there's also like, I don't want the to be focused on making the recordings too perfect or too pretty. Mm -hmm. And so I went into this, like, you know what? The true me is a bit of a perfectionist, but I'm, there's also a bit of me that has this, this chaos element Mm -hmm. that has this, this shadow side, this darker side that needs to be aired out and investigated. Um, So that's kind of what new noise was about. Well, I think, yeah, and I think that really sort of heightens the vulnerability of it again. Like what we were talking about earlier is letting people hear that. And, um, yeah, I think that's great. I'm really, I'm really, really interested in the book. So I'm, yes, you um, should check it out. I guess we've sort of touched on this, but what was sort of the hardest thing or the biggest challenge about getting, getting this record done? Ooh, um, that's a great question. I feel like I spent so much time just working on the mix um, mm. because I it was a tricky thing where I was like, well, I feel like I always it always takes me longer than I anticipate to finish an album. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, the mixing process, I guess I probably started it. Um, shoot, it was probably in October and finished it in february um and you know lots of listening in my car listening while going for a walk listening in the shower you know all all these different scenarios um and so i wanted it to be like solid and concise but again to still maintain like this this raw energy sort of feel so it was it was hard at first for me to strike the balance between those things Um, but as I settled like on the sequence of the album and which tracks I would include and which ones I wouldn't, um, then it became easier to know kind of what direction to, to let the mix go into. But, um, yeah, I feel like mixing is usually the longest part of the process. And for me, recording the track for Sappho took the longest, um, for whatever reason, that track was very difficult for me to record, I think, um, because it's kind of like, you know, it's not on a grid. It's it's pretty loose. There's a lot mm-hmm. of different elements going on. And there had been a point where I, I was not even considering putting it on the album. Um, oh, wow. But then a friend came over. We're hanging out. I'm like, hey, can I play this? 
They're like, this is this is my favorite song on the album that you showed me. I'm like, oh, okay, well, good thing I did this. So <laughs> it really helps. Um, I mean, my partner, David, is great also for sometimes just giving me like, um, you know, a little bit of a third person perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's important. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> we need it to function. <laughs> yeah. Um, what surprised you the most? Hmm. That is a really great question. Um, well, I guess I didn't really know that these like Moog improvisations would be anything substantial at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but then going back and just listening to kind of the, the foundations of these tracks, like the bare Mm -hmm. bones, just the, just the synth tracks. I was like, you know what? I might've just been like figuring out how this works, but there's also something really sweet about what's going on. And, um, so I, I didn't even think that I was like going to make an album, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) it happened. So I'm grateful. So it's a surprise that the album got me. (laughs) The whole thing is a surprise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) In a sense, a little bit. Um, but I think I surprised myself also by just, I don't letting go of some of these, um, I don't want to say maybe habits, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've gone through processes where I've been really interested in high production quality. Um, You know, I'm just like, Mm -hmm. let me understand how to produce an album that sounds super good by, you Mm -hmm. know, professional standards. But then when COVID hit, I was like, hold on now. Some of my favorite music sounds absolutely like, I don't know, unintelligible at times. Mm -hmm. Like the mix can be, really anything it doesn't doesn't particular it it affects how you hear things of course but it's not the only piece of the puzzle and so i wanted to to integrate my love for you know kind of effed up music yeah um (laughs) diy recording and like and make something that felt you know i don't know if serious is the right word but but you know legitimate Um, and so I kind of surprised myself with how far I was willing to go to go Mm. in the other direction and, um, just see what would happen. Yeah, that's cool. It'll be interesting to see how that you can, like if you, with future works, Mm -hmm. like how that sticks around or changes and stuff. Yeah. It's funny because I have already kind of started working on another project and mm-hmm. of course it feels like not related to this. <laughs> right, right. I'm like thinking I'm making a lot of MIDI music mm. um, because, well, one, it's really convenient and easy. Um, and two, I'm also like, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about my next project being this, these sort of long form um, techno slash dance slash video game inspired um, compositions. But I, my yeah. my end goal is to like <laughs> i don't this is kind of crazy but to have <laughs> like an ensemble or an orchestra play these pieces oh yeah and That'd i might amazing. also play my synth or something like that yeah. i want it to be very like because i'm so influenced by classical music i've always mm-hmm. kind of wondered what it would be like to translate my my process or the things that i've made into that world mm-hmm. um so i'm starting to think about that a little bit we'll see Okay, I'm. Um, I will be 
excited to hear updates on that because it sounds very cool. Oh, thanks. I'm excited um, about it. Before we go, since you mentioned it, and, and you can choose not to say anything. Okay. Um, <laughs> but anything you want to say about Mills? Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I basically, I first applied to Mills when I had started getting into making electronic music in a serious way. And I was in Nashville and I was just kind of wondering like, where is the community? Like I, I need more people like as a solo musician, um, making electronic music, I was just really craving some sort of conversation and, um, mm-hmm. solidarity when it comes to like this process, because, you know, it's really intense thing to do on your own. And I've just found that meeting other creative people who are kind of in a similar boat can, can just be a huge relief basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and an inspiration hugely. So I, I felt kind of alone in Nashville doing what I was doing. And so I was looking up my heroes and trying to piece together, what did they do? And I'm like, okay, Terry Riley went to Mills. Okay, cool. Not bad. Um, And so I just kind of started looking into it. And I thought, you know, I never studied music in, in college or whatever. Like maybe it's my time to just make a move and go out to California and see what happens. So actually I got accepted in 2017, but I actually turned it down um, because my friend had presented me with the opportunity of starting an electronic music collective in Nashville. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I have more work to do here. There is a community here. It just needs to be fostered, basically. It just needs room to grow. And I feel like I need to be part of that. So Mm -hmm. um, I stayed here and I did that. And it was you know, quite a whirlwind. We did lots of great things, workshops, live performances, and so on. Um, but I kind of, we reached a point where the founders had basically sort of split up and mm. I was the only one who was kind of carrying on the torch. And it felt like a lot of responsibility to me. And, you know, working in, with collectives, there can be personal human drama involved. Sure, of course. And, um, <laughs> you know, you're just, you're, you're working really hard on your solo stuff and then you're doing all of this work with the collective for free. And it's just, I was a little bit burnt out. Um, and I, I decided that, you know, maybe now is the time for me to go to California um, mm-hmm. and try out the Mills thing. And so I kind of just reached out in, I think, April of 2019, they're like, you know what? Someone decided they weren't going to come. So we have a spot for you. I was like, okay, great. I'm doing it. And, um, Mills was a, a, an interesting complex experience for me because one, like I love Mills and its legacy. I think it's amazing. Like the history that they have helped to create. I met some amazing artists there who, you know, have touched my life and are just incredible. Um, but there is a very rebellious part of me that, um, has issues with like the institution and the hierarchy involved. And, um, as a musician who like is way more intuitive than theoretical, I, I found Mm -hmm. it very difficult to be in a space where I was being forced to, to write about music more so, I don't want to say more so than play it, but the emphasis on on the thought behind it 
was was way bigger than I expected. I think part of me kind of anticipate, you know, I'm a, I'm an idealist. Like I said earlier, I was like, this will be a cool, like, it'll be this spiritual, you know, community. And it was that, but there's also like, okay, you're also getting a degree. So there's going to be this other stuff involved. (laughs) Um, and I felt like, you know, um, I only had three faculty members that I was working with. And one of them I thought was fantastic, but the other, well, one particular faculty member I felt, um, I don't know, had been like, well, honestly, a little bit inappropriate with me. And like, she, um, she just really discouraged me. And, um, Mm. it was hard for me to, to continue to be there and to, to pay the money to be there when I had my own ideas, I had a tour I was planning. I, I had kind of evolved a lot since the first time I applied in terms of like, you know, my music and my recordings and, um, with Mills, it's, it's fabulous. I love it. The facilities also, I was able to do a lot of projects that I wouldn't have done on my own, just in terms of having the equipment available and the space. Um, but I was also struggling with, you know, there were professors who had very fixed ideas about how music should be. And Mm. I just, that really irked me, you know, like me using beats was like me hiding. And (laughs) I just didn't understand that. And I I didn't want my music to be like, it's important for my music to reach people. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not all about reaching people. It's, it's about satisfying my creative needs, but there, there's a part of me that, you know, is inspired by pop music and, you know, wants to have these universal themes and these sounds that people can relate to. But sometimes like at Mills, I felt that there was this pressure to make it, you know, Mm. so novel, so shocking, so like inaccessible in a way Mm -hmm. that it's like, I don't know. It it felt a little bit too extreme for the path that I was trying to forge myself. Yeah. No, I mean, mm -hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I relate to like that's a big part of everything I do with like Foxy Digitalis is trying to I try to write about and talk about things in a more accessible way because yes. I want anybody to who is interested to be able to hear like an experimental piece of music and connect with it in some way. Yes, totally. Um, music and art for me are about I mean, yes, they're about expressing like my creativity and getting things out of my head and all and how I figuring out how I fit and interact with the world. But it's also about connecting with people. Yes, completely. And like those things. Yeah. So I, yeah, (laughs) I I totally, I get what you're saying. You know how it goes. Yes. Yeah. It was a really hard decision for me to leave because I had moved my whole life over to California. Right. And you know, I, I thought that this is, this was my dream. I was going to go to California and like start this new life. (laughs) And I just, I felt, um, like in that institution, like I just, I just felt like I couldn't necessarily thrive or do exactly what Mm -hmm. I wanted to. And also like, I didn't necessarily want the degree. I was kind of there for the experience and the learning. And so I was like, you know what? 
there are plenty other ways to learn <laughs> right. and to get experience. And um, on top of that, there were fires happening and I had gotten like a respiratory infection from the smoke. Oh and gosh. it was like everything was kind of telling me to rethink this decision. So, And then what was it like a year or so later, they announced it was shutting down? Yes. And I'm, so. oh my gosh, I, I'm not really surprised. It was, it mm -hmm. was kind of sad for me. When I arrived at Mills, I mean, you kind of felt that it was a ghost town. Mm -hmm. um, and they had trouble even finding a teacher to teach composition. Um, wow. I mean, there was someone who came through very last minute and it was just like, I felt, I felt bad for Mills as an institution because it's like, this place is a slice of history, you know? This right. is important, this space, this faculty, like it, mm -hmm. it really does matter. and. Um, yeah, it was really sad to see that, um, Mills yeah. got absorbed. I, my heart goes out to my, my old colleagues there and, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the story lives on though, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's all I got. <laughs> awesome. Good deal. So, thank you for talking through all this stuff. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brad. I really appreciate it. But it's not getting better. I just once again have to say thank you to Eve for taking the time to talk to me. Um, please check out the new album, New Noise. It's out now on Curious Music, and it is so good. And watch the videos for it, too. They're on YouTube and on the Bandcamp page. Um, I, that was, I really liked hearing her talk about how much she loves music videos and just I think that, that all those different elements that, that she focuses on or combines it it just elevates her work to another place for me and I, the videos are so good you know if there was if if foxy digitalis did the 2023 foxy digitalis vmas it'd be hard to top um eve for video of the year just gonna say that so anyway that's it um holler at me you can find me i'm easy to find you can find me on twitter instagram um blue sky mastodon uh, if you appreciate the work Foxy Digitalis does and you, you know, you like self salon of the daily or you read it or all mixes, all those things. It'd be awesome. If you sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash Foxy Digitalis, cause it really helps support that. And there's a lot of other cool extra stuff on there too. But regardless, I appreciate everybody's enthusiasm, encouragement, support, and all of those things. And yeah, I think that's about it for today and be back probably next week with another new episode. How about that? These are coming fast and furious. I'm having a blast. I'll see ya.